finally a rep from the bank uh, returned one of my calls and was like, oh, um, yeah, we had to close your account. We don't, we don't service your uh, industry. Welcome to On the Horizon, powered by Sexwork CEO. A podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it, hosted by Jesse Sage and Melrose Michaels. Who misses free and affordable ads and social networks without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Tris.link and Switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. Both are free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel encouraged and supported instead of policed. Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info. All right. So continuing from our last episode that we put Mm -hmm. out and the conversation around that, today we're going to kind of expand on payment processing challenges and discuss more personal experiences with discrimination from banking and financial institutions and also, you know, possible solutions, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked to Siri Dahl, porn star, Siri Dahl, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and Maya, who used to be Maya Bum, now only Maya? Yeah. Maya. Um, <laughs> and um, both of them, and she's a cam model, mm-hmm. and both of them have had personal experiences in um, banking discrimination, and they talk yeah. about their own experiences and what it was like to go through that for them. Um, we also talked to uh, Steph, or mm-hmm. Rez, Stephanie, yeah, Stephanie, Rez, yeah. yeah. Um, who is also a performer and a sex worker and she teaches classes on crypto so going from um you know personal stories about how the conventional banking platforms like shut the shut shut them out to what could we do is crypto a a viable option viable option i have to admit that my only experience with crypto is when spank pay gave all sex workers a hundred dollars i remember that i remember that so i got a hundred dollars for that and i think i got another 75 dollars from like referrals for that because they were giving referral money too and then i was like dope i have 175 (laughs) dollars and i cashed it out and then people were like you shouldn't have done that it went up and i was like yeah and that's it that's my whole experience with crypto that's so funny (laughs) i don't know if you have more yeah so i am full disclosure i'm working with a tech company right now and developing technologies for sex workers in the crypto space not necessarily cryptocurrency but using blockchain technology Mm -hmm. and uh, nft uh, smart contracts for people listening that do know what that means um but I think that cryptocurrency, the currency piece itself, does have a place in a future in sex work. I don't know that we're there yet. Yeah. I, I do have my own concerns with like, and I mentioned this uh, in one of the interviews, like if I exchange something for crypto and then the, the value of the crypto tanks, because it's a very volatile kind of right. currency, yeah. uh, I have an issue with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you're like, I just did this custom for free. Yeah, and I'm not big on that. You know, <laughs> not my favorite thing. So I don't know. I think there's solutions. I uh, And also there's a lot to learn from personal stories, right? I mean, I've yeah. had um, another performer who's not on this pot this season currently, but um, Emma Dalio also had a, you know, one, this, a similar story to like the series yeah. in Maya where, you know, overnight your banking is taken from you so i think that's an interesting problem that we keep seeing uh reoccurring and i think these stories are an interesting place to start yeah yeah i mean i think one of the biggest um issues with crypto that i mean the one that you bring up is really important i also think that like last time we talked about how we have to train our our clients and our fans to like give us payments without um Without what's jeopardizing <laughs> us, um, training them to use crypto is like a whole nother step. It's a and whole feat. So, so I think that like it's going to take a lot of work, but I think that a lot of people are working to, a lot of people in the sex industry are working to come up with solutions, and that's kind of what we do. Yeah, and that's exciting to see because we need them. So yeah. So <laughs> let's go on to our interviews and let's get to it. it. <laughs> our first guest, Siri Dahl formerly known as just Siri, is an award-winning adult star, Twitch streamer, and power lifter. 
Siri first began her adult film career back in 2012 and returned to the spotlight in January of 2020 after a five-year hiatus. Find more of Siri and all of her exclusive content at www.siridoll.com. Hi, Siri. Hello. Hello. Hello, Jesse and Melrose. So great to see you both. Yeah. <laughs> yes, welcome to the Horizon Podcast. Thank you. Can you introduce yourself to our audience? Hello, audience. My name is Siri Dahl. I am a... I guess I maybe I can call myself like a veteran performer at this point because I started out in porn in 2012. Uh, so I've been around for a minute. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a porn star, uh, content creator, OnlyFans content creator, social media hofluencer. Huh. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like it too. Can we have that too? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we wanted to talk to you about uh, payment processing as an adult performer. And um, we were wondering, first of all, if you could just kind of talk about your experiences um, with banks and payment processors as a porn star. Uh, Yeah, so I've had, I've banked with multiple different places over the years. um, And it was you know, I didn't have issues with banking uh, when I first started out in the industry because I actually used to be married. And so I had a joint bank account and my ex's name was the primary name on it, which kind of protected me in a lot of ways, probably from discrimination um, because the bank that I used them was Chase. And in 2012, like they actually, I think it was either 2011 or 2012 when they just shut down a slew of like porn stars accounts without warning. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of gave me this like, immunity by association because uh it like i was a co-user on the account but i wasn't actually listed as the main person right um and all my i still had my own personal bank accounts but i didn't like have any of my work stuff depositing directly into them so that was it wasn't that i structured it that way on purpose but it ended up being like kind of like a a nice little way to like get around some of that discrimination (laughs) Um, but then yeah. obviously like I'm, I'm no longer married. I've, you know, that relationship ended a long, long time ago. So since coming back into the industry, cause I did leave for five years and I came back in 2020. So when I came back in January, 2020, um, when I, when I realized, oh, I need to like get another business account going. Cause I, I kind of like stuck a toe in and like, just sort of like gradually ramped up, like shooting more regularly again. And when it came to, when I came to the decision, like, oh, this is my full-time job now again, I was like, yeah, obviously I need to do this right. And like reform a business name and like get a business bank account and all this stuff. And so I, I already knew I was very aware of financial discrimination being a thing. And I wanted to avoid that, the pain of dealing with that as much as possible. So I actually spent quite, I spent months researching um, different banks. And I found this company that was like billing itself as like a startup bank. It was like supposed to be like a smart bank kind of thing. Okay. Um, huh. and they were marketing, it was specifically for small businesses. So they were marketing themselves to small businesses exclusively. And I read all of their literature in detail, like all the fine print. And they actually did specify like certain industries that they wouldn't work with. Um, and those industries specifically How said, long did it take you to read all the fine print? <laughs> uh, like at least several hours. Come through it. I was also control effing or command effing a lot. You know, like I was, I was searching for like anything like with the word adult or in it. And I mean, I painstakingly read through this company's like info and I didn't find anything that mentioned adult businesses, adult film, adult oriented services, nothing at all. The only specific caveats they had is that they won't service accounts for companies that are in um, gambling or in cannabis. Okay. Which is also common. Like those industries get some discrimination too. Yeah, absolutely. But you figure if they're going to specify that, then they would would specify specify Right. That's why I felt safe because I was like, oh, well, like they have this clause where they very specifically pointed out other industries that usually are in the same clause where they would mention adult if they were going to. And it's not mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. Now, I didn't reach out to them and directly ask for more clarification. I just took that, the lack of mention at face value. And I was like, cool. All right. Um, So I set up an account with them. Like I would, you know, opened an account online, had some talks over the phone with some of the reps from there. Everything was going just fine, just smooth. 
Um, and I think I had the account ultimately for like nine months, I want to say. And then, so just absolutely out of nowhere, uh, I had, cause I remember I had been banking with this company for a while, had a checking account and a savings account with them, um, in my business name, you know? Uh, so Mm -hmm. basically that means for anyone like listening, who isn't a business owner, like just to kind of describe this in better detail, all of the money I made, every single, like all the deposits coming from like OnlyFans, for example, every check I got, if I went to a shoot on set, I would deposit that check into this business account. I never deposit the money into my personal account. It all goes into, all income goes in business account. I pay myself out of the business account into my personal, yeah. which was with a different bank. So, yeah. Um, so all basically that means that every cent that I had, uh, as it's coming in is tied up in the business account until I move it somewhere else. Yeah. So they just, I remember that I had been traveling home from a work trip out in Los Angeles and I was at the airport. I tried swiping my debit card and it got rejected and I was like, that's weird. Um, (laughs) you know, so I tried doing like (laughs) Apple pay with the debit card just still didn't work. I was like, Right. Yeah. And then I, um, you know, like logged in online to check my account because I was like, I don't know, maybe it froze my card because it suspected fraud. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, we can't log you in. Like, I just kept getting error messages when I tried to log in. And then uh, I, I like after several login attempts, it was like I tried to reset the password and it said that account name doesn't exist. Uh-oh. So I was like freaking out because I was like, oh God, someone hacked into my account and they changed my username and my password and like they're going to like steal my money or Cash something. Cash out. Yeah. 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 And I was like freaking out um, and I didn't know what to do. And I tried like calling the customer service number for the bank and like never got a hold of anyone. Yeah. So basically I was just like completely left in the dark and I had no idea what was going on. Uh, and it took a whole ass week of me stressing out and not having access to any of my funds before finally a rep from the bank uh, returned one of my calls and was like, oh, um, yeah, we had to close your account. We don't, we don't service your uh, industry. That's insane. So you're just left while traveling without any access to your money and then still yeah. nothing after a week. You could have been yeah. stranded. Yeah. And I was like, well, what, where's the money then? You know, like, like, yeah. <laughs> And she was like, well, they're supposed to send you a check. And or I think I think they might have asked if I wanted to like appeal it. Like, because I remember I, I did try to do that. Um, I sent them like a formal letter, like, and basically the response was just like, nope, nope, we don't service your industry. Like, obviously what happened ultimately was that almost all of my direct deposits were coming from OnlyFans. Um, and they saw the corporate name as the payout on those direct deposits and was, and they just assumed. Um, yeah. So they denied my appeal. And then they told me like, you'll get a check with the balance, uh, from your account that was withdrawn in a couple weeks. It literally took two months for me to get the check. It took so long for me to get the check. So it was like all of my money that I had sitting in that account that I was saving up was like, not accessible at all for a while. It was very nerve wracking. I can't imagine. No, oh that's God. so stressful. <laughs> at least they didn't seize my funds because that has happened to other people. I mean, at least they gave me the money that was mine. Like I have heard stories of sex workers having an account shut down and the funds seized, which they can do if well, they but... suspect illegal yeah. activity on the account. Right. Which is just robbery. It's it amazing it that is. they can do that. Yeah it's, yeah, it's discrimination and robbery. It's really gross. Yeah, I mean, that's usually what, like, uh, Venmo and PayPal do, right? Yeah. Like, they yeah. seize funds if they yeah. shut down accounts. They do, yeah. yeah. Have you? I've been there, yeah. And then I've also heard stories of, like, even if you're a sex worker, but, like, your husband sends you funds, then his account gets sent, or a boyfriend, or, like, yeah. a parent. So, like, it's almost like a like a daisy chain of events that just occurs. And even though no one's guilty besides you, I guess, if you're going to be criminalized, (laughs) um, then everyone goes down with you, which is insane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have friends who their entire, their entire family, their mom, their brothers got shut out of PayPal and they're not allowed to use it ever again. It's like, well, it's okay. Cause eBay just, 
So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So this is all like really, really um, difficult. Like, what do you? Um, what did you do after that? Like, did you try to find another bank that is better, or what? Yeah. Did you restructure? Yeah. Um. So I ended up going. I don't know if I should say the bank I bank with now. Like, I don't know if there's like a security risk of saying like, oh, I bank with yeah. right now. Like, someone trying to. Uh, I'll I'll tell. How about this? If there are sex workers who want to know. Yeah, the bank yeah, that I use, they, they can reach out to me directly, but I just don't want like fans or any nefarious oh, person to try to like <laughs> use that information. But um, I will say I, I bank with a major bank now. It is one of the big major banks that everyone has heard of. And uh, I went with them because some of my industry contacts, namely like uh, my, my former webmasters were like, mm, we've been using this bank for like 15 years and it's never given us any issue. Like, and they have like a merchant yeah. account. So they, I mean, they're like a big business, you know, and they've never yeah, had issues. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll try that. And uh, so I've, an, I've had an account with that bank now for like a year and a half and everything's mm -hmm. gone just fine, just smooth. Like I haven't had any issues with that. So cross my fingers. Um, yeah. I, I don't really know. It seems like there's just no real pattern to who gets targeted by this as far as like, obviously sex workers in general are targeted, but like, why do why do some people like some people bank for example the chase example like some porn stars bank yeah. with chase their shit gets shut down some don't and i don't know what it is like is it just individuals who work for the company who take notice of something and they're like vigilante and like, yeah. yeah like they're like i don't like this industry i'm gonna have their account shut down and then there might be <laughs> there other me. yeah <laughs> like so yeah. i don't really know because the bank i bank with now i've also heard stories like or i've seen the twitter threads where people talk about financial discrimination and they're like i banked with this place and they shut my account down and i'm like well shit that's my bank now like yeah, yeah. i haven't right. had issues with them so yeah so um like what would you what kind of advice do you think that you would give to like new creators about like banking or about diversifying your income or anything related to like how do you stay afloat in this business um, how do you adapt or die <laughs> uh, so a huge tip as far as like so first of all create a company get an llc uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's been discussion in the business about LLC versus like S corp. Um, yeah. if in doubt, literally just consult a tax professional. Like I have a CPA, yeah. she reviews my stuff and, uh, you know, but uh, what I'll say is like, to my knowledge, like my understanding is that, um, you know, S corp is more beneficial if you're in like a certain amount of income. So like for most people, yeah. Yeah. it's probably not going to be, it might actually result in a larger tax burden. So like LLCs are fine yeah. for like most people. Um, I'm an LLC and that is like a hundred percent. That's like the first thing you should do. Like if, if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're doing this and you want to actually like make money that you can like do something with, you know, like, like if you're trying to make more than like, I don't know, like a hundred dollars a month, like you really should form a business yeah. and get a business mm -hmm. banking account. Um, it is the best you, you need to be a very above board with everything. Um, you're like, mm -hmm. yes, we're stigmatized. We get discriminated against, but like you have a little more ground to stand on if you're doing things like quote unquote, the, the proper way, as far as like business yeah. structure. Um, what, what, what kind of benefit do you think that has? Uh, I mean, it, it protects you, like actually forming a business protects your personal finances in the event that you have some sort of issue with business, like, like a tax related issue or something. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just gives you more personal protection. And that, I mean, speaking of personal protection, that's actually a huge, huge thing. That was going to be my, my big tip for new folks starting out, get your business formed first and name your business, not your performer name because those right. are publicly mm -hmm. accessible and searchable records and you don't want fans or potential like harm doers or stalkers or crazy anti-porn like Christian people coming to hunt you down yeah. online and finding your company name and all of your personal information through your LLC being called your, your stage name. So yeah, you absolutely. need a company name that has nothing to do with your stage name that no one can really just like guess. That's yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Also the pro tip, name it after a religious organization. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yes. That's that's actually perfect. I love oh, the god. cross org. I love yes. the cross ink. <laughs> that also will help you with your business account. 
um, when you open a business bank account, because then your bank account will have the name of your LLC on it, which is not your porn star name. Yeah. Yeah. All of these things Mm -hmm. help maintain your personal privacy, but also like literally protect you from undue discrimination and also like harassment maybe from fans or people who find our information Mm -hmm. and like doxing and and things like that. So that's like a pretty huge tip I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, and I guess, yeah, research carefully, like as far as opening a bank account, like I think at this point, I don't know that a whole lot of people in the industry trust Chase because of that whole thing that people have all heard of, Um, which is funny. Like, uh, I have I have a credit card through, Ch- but it's like a personal one, so that's I have that's a card too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nothing to do. It has nothing to do with business. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like like I think that would be just. I don't I don't want to get into the weeds too much uh, with with other other things, but <laughs> yeah, well, it's fun to talk to you. Where can people find you? Yes. You can find me on siridahl.com. It's S-I-R-I-D-A-H-L. I'm on Twitter at the Siri Doll, and I'm on Instagram at therealsiri.ps. And also I do Twitch streams uh, at least two nights a week. And my Twitch username is also Siri Doll. Perfect. Thank you so much. It was really nice to talk to you. It was great to talk to you both. Our next guest today is Maya, whose adult entertainment career began in 2014 on My Free Cams as Maya Bum. While streaming majorly on MFC, she received multiple AVN and XBiz award nominations. She even went on to host the red carpet with AVN in 2020. After a hiatus in rebranding, she rejoined the adult entertainment community in the fall of 2021, offering a subscription site on OnlyFans and maintaining her clip stores on MFC Share and AVN Stars. Welcome, Maya. Hi, and welcome to the show. We're glad to have you, Maya. Um, could you introduce yourself for the people that aren't as familiar? Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Maya, uh, formerly Maya Bum, but now just Maya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the industry for seven years. I started camming on my free cams. I camped full time for about five, five and a half years. And then for the past year and a half, two years ish, uh, I've been really stepped just really far out of mm. uh, the ring light, if you will. I had to. Ninety <laughs> percent really of my brand when I was doing live shows was just like ridiculous ass and like dad jokes. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you to all the dads who uh, you know have supported me over the years. Uh, so I took COVID to like get divorced and change my life and nice. stopped yeah. live streaming and wrote a book or most of one that I've rewritten a few times now. It seems <laughs> as you probably can relate to. If uh, I could write and... like that, I could tell that story. <laughs> I like start I writing. Enjoying- had dreams about it that's like what i that's the stage i'm at <laughs> uh i'm at the stage where i'm just like squirrel like I'm <laughs> squirrel for like two or three months now i'm like i'll be like writing something like ah oh, yes i'm so inspired and this thing will like strike me it must stop and write and so i'll be writing something and then i'll be like hmm, maybe i should check the twitter and then I'll be like, all of a sudden, my like memory of whatever turns into like mashed into what's going on currently, and it's wow. like, oh, like you know, my smash, just like I can't, I can't. I'm so. <laughs> so um, we wanted to talk to you about payment processing uh, as a cam girl performer. Um, what's your? <laughs> I know you've had your own adventures in payment processing. Uh, I really have. I really have. So payment processing has affected me personally. Um, not a lot. Like, for instance, I personally have not experienced, uh, like shutdowns of my bank accounts, Mm -hmm. like as my IRL self. Um, but it's affected me watching it happen in the community, like literally since before I even got here. Uh, which is crazy to me because, uh, and every time I'd be like, uh, this, this thing happened and I would like to talk about it in my little corner, you know, with my members and stuff, sometimes members would be like, "Mm, but like, what else is going on there? Like what, 
why would they target her mm-hmm. and like yeah. completely shut her thing down and whatever and I really always brush it off like mm, yeah you know I don't know maybe she's depositing large amounts of cash or like yeah. there are things that can happen with your banking that like you know you you get on their radar it's yeah, true yeah. and I got on my bank's radar um Jesse, we spoke about this around yeah. Christmas time uh, when everything happened with Pornhub and whatever. Mm-hmm. When Pornhub was unable to receive payments, uh, I actually had kind of a nice little side hustle from Pornhub all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a masturbating in the car while driving girl, which is dangerous. I'm sorry, but also <laughs> I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, and I can drive on back roads that are like, you know. 25 miles per hour straight as an arrow for 100 miles so uh, it's fine (laughs) anyways Pornhub was like great passive income for me and so I probably earned like depending on if I dropped something new like between 500 and a thousand dollars per month I would say on average yeah Yeah. so for me the way that I like budget I mean I'm kind of like all right cool that pays like my car payment and my car insurance whatever so when that just got like ripped out from underneath us, for sure it was like chaos, obviously within mm-hmm. the community. Right. Uh, but for me, I was like, "Ooh, okay, gotta like rearrange this thing." And thank God for our like resourcefulness, honestly, right. as yeah. like cam people, because we're able to just be like, "Okay, scoochy scooch," and put you over here, and yeah. like, "Hey, hey, you, hey, hey, big tipper guy over there, hey, can you do this thing over here instead now?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it works and mm-hmm. it sucks. And yeah. I'm sick of doing it because yeah. like, wow, having access to just like the same banking and money transferring systems as everyone else. Like, wow, you guys want a luxury. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> jealous of the civilians for one thing only. Uh, <laughs> I hear you. The rest of their life seems miserable, but you know, they can bank. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I just transferred it over and like accepted payments for stuff around the holidays uh, through Cash App and through Venmo. Mm-hmm. And my accounts with them are old, but I never received a ton of money. That wasn't something that I utilized a lot. So yeah. my deposits from that would be like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, mm-hmm. yeah. care, whatever. Right. So my bank never flagged me. But then around the holidays, I had moved all that Pornhub money and mm-hmm. like was scrambling a little bit. So I had like $500 withdrawal mm-hmm. deposit from cash yeah. out. 500 bucks, 1000 bucks, $700, like mm-hmm. $200, whatever. A, a yeah. bunch that were like close together that were big enough where they were like, huh. yeah, yeah. And when they look it up, what you guys don't realize and what you don't know, sorry, not you, but like, I'm talking to the babies, I'm talking to the BBs here. (laughs) You don't realize how all the stuff is linked, right? So like when you sign up for Cash App and you're like, oh, well, I'm obviously not, not putting my real name in there. So you put your performer name or whatever. Well, you don't necessarily realize that like on the back end of that, when it gets cashed out, it actually is depositing like, and you might not even see it in your statement. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it's yeah. like cash app deposit, da, 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 and there's like a long number and stuff. And then it will have that name, whatever you put in your cash app. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's depositing to my bum and my bank's like, oh, who the heck's that? So they mm-hmm. weren't necessarily like, you're an internet slut immediately. Yeah. They were like, immediately. well, this person obviously has depositing into the wrong account. We should find out who the heck this Maya Bum girl is. You're a Google. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. So I got in an argument with my bank and it's this, it's, this particular one is a small one. Uh, so it's like a local situation. I'm like a lady who was like, well, if you can't like, verify for us like with an ID that that's a legitimate person and whatever we have to reject any payment that's over $500 and whatever and they did they rejected all the money it was like right before Christmas time and I was like bummed out on it because I was like just trying to keep my normal budget afloat like happening and then that's when I now to work around this, which is against terms of service, of course, right? Right. To work around this, then I go and I make my real life name ones, mm-hmm. like a duplicate account of everything. And then I have to transfer the money to myself and then cash it out from there, which is fine. 
but also there's still risk involved there because yeah. it's still a large amount within cash well, app, you know? So it's not, like, not super, it's not always possible either. If you only have one phone number, like you can't yeah. have multiple accounts um, because I've tried to do this or they shut down one because they're like, you have two accounts. You yeah. can't do that. You can't use Google numbers yes. for, you know, so I think that there's, it's actually not that workaround sounds like a good idea, except that like, it's not always possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not always possible. And then like you get into like almost like an elitist type of, I don't know, bunch of equipment to where like, yes, I have a laptop. Yes, I have a desktop. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have two devices. Actually, I have mm-hmm. my real cell phone for myself for my life. Yeah. And then I have like an older iPhone that I've now is just a just yeah. a work phone. Yeah. And so like those types of situations are like, the reality of the situation is me, somebody with all these things and all these workarounds and all this shit that I've collected over the years. I actually don't need access to that as easily as somebody who literally just has an OnlyFans account. Yeah. Literally just makes content from their cell phone and posts it right up immediately and gets that money and cashes it out and whatever. Yeah. That that group of people within our industry are the people who are constantly, constantly, constantly roadblocked. Yeah, by, like stupid stuff like ah, your IP address on your phone. Now you can't make another Snapchat account. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, the only way for that worker now to work around that and yeah. then have access to that Snapchat and that stream of revenue and all mm-hmm. of those clients is to now have a totally new cell phone. Like, yeah, yeah. sorry, but they're like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting crazy out here. Yeah, it really is getting crazy out here. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh, your initial reaction when the the OnlyFans, I guess we'll call it a scare, the suspension happened? Because that's very similar to what we've seen with Pornhub. And then obviously chaos ensued. What was your initial impression? My initial impression uh, is that I'm not surprised. Yeah. At all. Um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall with it I guess not necessarily I'm not trying to say like I told you so or I predicted it but also I never really trust anybody's gonna be around for us for that long we've seen it happen over and over again like I've been in for seven years now so I've seen it happen a bunch of times with various Mm -hmm. outlets and so am I surprised no not at all uh do I think that they had plenty of time to prepare for it yeah. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do. And do I think that in the face of this adversity and this stigma and these problems and these business challenges, I'm fucking disappointed. Yeah. Uh, this sounds stupid. This is going to sound stupid. Like a, like a little fangirl, right? But like, I know Leo. Okay. I've worked on his website full time for f- over five years. I've been yeah. to all the things I've chatted mm-hmm. with him. And when you go to the things and he sees your face repeatedly, like not that I'm putting myself on some sort of pedestal, but like I've had conversations with this man. He's asked me my advice about things. I've straight up refused to have flippant conversations with him about whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, yo, this thing is broken. Like yeah. you're out here partying and like <laughs> yeah. having a good time. And that's all well and good. But like, right now presently i'm trying to use this thing and it's not fucking working yeah you know so like i never beat around the bush with him and when Mm -hmm. it comes down to it leo like you and your your people whatever you're doing uh, like we're not making enough time in the schedule for like really really important things and if (laughs) you're mistaken about that if these are purposeful decisions where you're like, oh, well, I could do the right thing, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> you, man. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? We are so many people. We're so many people out here. And all he did when he like invested and took over majority of OnlyFans, really, in my opinion, was like open up that group of people to include more. Yeah. Because MFCs female only and I hate the yes. way that that's even worded honestly but like yeah. you know we were so, we were so many girls out here for Leo you know and now we're like we're so many people out here yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's a responsibility I think at the end of the day no one there really understands their reach 
They don't understand how like the level that they're being seen by the Mm -hmm. whole world actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like that platform comes with a responsibility. Yeah. And I'm really let down. That's all. So am I going to leave OnlyFans? No, I'm not. I'm restructuring it. But Mm -hmm. yeah. I want to comment on the Leo thing too, because I'm from originally from the Chicagoland area. So I had that interaction mm-hmm. with Leah. I've gone to all the model meetups. I've done all the things, especially in, in coordination with MFC. And yeah. I think that was something that I was kind of uh, shocked to see was that the outrage was like over OnlyFans specifically was so targeted at Tim and not at Leo, who's majorly owner. And like no one was boycotting MFC. No one's screaming about my free cams for the same person right. actively involved in these decision makings. And a lot of what kind of came down the pipe with OnlyFans had, was predicated slightly on Leo wanting to cash out, claim his money and no longer be majority holder is from the conversation that I've been a part of. So it's like the outrage is a little bit misplaced, at least in, if we're going to point out someone to be particularly responsible. I was surprised I didn't see more of like MFC being targeted or people boycotting that. Were you surprised by that at all? I was surprised that everybody was like, well, we'll just go to fans late. And I was like, that doesn't solve anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, and here, here's the thing. I have been every single thing that I built in this industry, like we can get into how cam girl vacation struggled specifically with payment processing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but like, that's something that I built for a number of reasons, mostly for like camaraderie because I was feeling so isolated. Like it's such a strange thing for me. I still can't really wrap my head around it. How we're like, so social but also so yeah. isolated simultaneously yeah. mm-hmm. so i really created camp girl vacation as a way to like get get us going somewhere get, yeah. get us together get us in the same space because even though you know we can take our jobs anywhere we can do our jobs anywhere all this like fun stuff uh, you know, it's so hard yeah. unless you like get together with people and like connect with them so they know they can trust you I could have a cam girl living across the street and I would never know it. Yeah. Probably, right. you know? Yeah. Right. So yeah. Am I surprised that more people didn't No, but that's who I called out just for the record. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because was that the move? I genuinely want to know, like, is there some like quest for internet domination happening where he's like, ah, yes, I can buy this and I will. And then I will burn it into the ground. And but it's getting fucking old though right yeah. that like this is our money this is our livelihood these are our jobs this isn't like a fun little game of like yeah which girl's gonna get top whatever this month you know mm-hmm. like it's yeah. gone out at this point with only fans i feel like made my job more serious i'm like more legitimate yeah. you know yeah. and gosh i don't know I don't know what the move was or why they did that or whatever, but I'm not. A lot, I know, I mean, it's been so widely debated, but from what I'm understanding from like the lawyers involved in, in the more, I would say, upper level conversations happening, a lot of it had to do with like, yeah, Leo wanted to cash out. And then there's also the piece of like payment process, processing in terms of like OnlyFans uses a mainstream processor. They're not paying adult yeah. processing rates. So like the easy situation would have been like, okay, let's take a cut in profits and switch processors to an adult processor, problem solved. Yeah. Or we can put profits over people and just stay with the mainstream processor and give it to all the people that made us all the money and built the platform. And it was like, you know, maybe they won't notice. Let's try. <laughs> like, oh shit, they noticed. Let's, let's undo this. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt about it um, displaced as usual but we saw this with Patreon I don't know if you were one of the early yeah. adopters of Patreon but that was something I immediately yeah. moved to and then got kicked off of within like yeah. months so it's mm-hmm. like yeah we've seen this we've been here and I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a better way for us to do it unless we all launch independent sites which is not super it's simple so to do though, yeah. that's also like kind of going back to the point that Maya was making earlier is that yeah if you're at the very top maybe you can do that resources you, yeah. yeah but most people can't develop a website, mm-hmm. um, pay thousands of dollars that for, yeah, for a market on there for mm-hmm. like the yeah. traffic. Yeah. It's yeah. not so simple. No, it's not so simple. And I think that that's really hard. I wonder what would you give advice in terms of like new creators coming into the space, especially in the online sex Ooh. work space starting just now in present day middle of war on horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, if you chose for today to be your first day, like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I see you. I see you. Um, you know, I'm Mama Maya. Like, my whole career has really, really been about helping people make genuine connections. Mm-hmm and nurturing those and so anytime I've seen people being like I need help with this thing or that thing or whatever if I had the time and then information to like stop what I was doing and help them I would Mm -hmm. and now I'm in a place where I'm like just go do the thing you know like all the information that you need now exists it didn't exist when I started when we all started it wasn't there like that so I'm like step one consult with google yeah go watch some cans go subscribe to a thing yeah Uh, see what it is that you think you want to do like go get some examples Mm -hmm. of of Mm -hmm. what you're getting into like I think step one should be research for like a hot minute like don't don't just start today because you think it's a good idea my actual advice and a lot of what the cam girl experience talks about is this can't be undone This is my thing forever now. My Mm -hmm. face is on the internet forever. This is actually the first time I've shown my face in like a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I went through this thing, like I I was in a really bad relationship and I got divorced and I shook that off and that's great. And then I was in, and then I dated and that's a whole story. And then I met someone and I legitimately fell in love with somebody Mm -hmm. and then got my heart broken because at the end of the day, this is my story. This Mm -hmm. is my thing. And I'm a really confident person. I'm really just like comfy in my own skin because what the fuck? The whole internet has seen my butthole. What do you want me to do, man? <laughs> I'm like a lady in the streets, but like also, I'm sorry if your friend found my porn. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the advice really is like, why are you doing this? Because when I did this, it was for probably the same reason, which is, oh, I can make some quick money fast, right? Mm-hmm. And then now here I am. And I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not right. saying that I wish I took a different path in life. It is what yeah. it is. But that was a really hard heartbreak because I was like, but I love you and you love me. And like all this stuff is fine. But there's this huge elephant in the room, which yeah. is mm-hmm. my professional life mm-hmm. basically being inappropriate for everyone, which chaps my ass a little bit because is it right like, she watch porn does she watch porn yeah. like yeah do you does your dad have like a playboy sent to him every mm-hmm. month like get off my case about it you know yeah, yeah. so that's the advice people yeah. girls gentlemen everyone all the people who think they want to like show their stuff to the internet honestly even in a vanilla sense even yeah. in a even in like an influencer way like mm-hmm. You're sharing yourself with people who you don't know, who are going to assume they know things about you, who are going to create problems, probably. Yeah. And then all those opinions, all that content, all those things that's on the internet. So like, Mm -hmm. you want to go get a job wherever, in wherever, even if you were just like a mommy blogger, well, were you an asshole too? Because guess what? The internet didn't forget. Yeah, it's bigger than all that. It's an explosion of like digitizing our lives in in such an intimate way. And it's not it doesn't go away. So that's that's my initial advice is have you thought about forever? Yeah. Well, this is probably a good place to wrap up. Where can people find you and your your work and the stuff that you're doing? And your private Twitter. Uh, yeah. Ooh, my <laughs> private Twitter. Uh, so allmylinks.com slash Maya, M-A-I-I-A. And all my stuff's on there. That's like the easiest way. It links off from there. I'm at Real Maya on Instagram and Twitter and, and all their handles that are naughtier. Maya Bates. There, you know. <laughs> Stop here awesome. masturbating. I just want to masturbate in peace. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> yeah. Preach. <laughs> it was really good to talk to you. Yeah, thank it you was so nice much. to talk to you too. Thanks for having me on. Good luck with the rest of your guests. And thanks. This is important stuff. Thank you. Our last guest today is Stephanie, an indigenous sex worker from the Seminole tribe of Florida. 
as well as a crypto enthusiast, success coach, and hypnotherapist. Her primary focus is in helping women tap into their subconscious power to manifest the life of their dreams. Hi, Steph. Welcome to On the Horizon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. such an, <laughs> I'm so honored to be here with you. Yeah. So for those for those people in the audience who aren't as familiar with you, can you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. I'm an indigenous um, sex worker who also is I'm pivoting pretty much um, and focusing a lot more on being a success coach and Mm -hmm. hypnotherapist because hypnotherapy has freaking changed my life so that's that's what I'm doing now I'm helping people through hypnotherapy and um, healing the subconscious mind that's wow. I listen to those like sleep hypnosis mm-hmm. if I'm having trouble sleeping. Yeah. Or like the white noise. Yeah. Yeah. I do that too. Yeah. So um, we were interested in having you on to talk about cryptocurrency. So for people listening who don't like have a background in blockchain or cryptocurrency, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Yes, I can. Um, cryptocurrency is... It's a digital form of money. That's a simple way to put it. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit more special um, because uh, it it's encrypted. Um, and depending on which cryptocurrency you're talking about, it has the potential to be uh, like it could be decentralized, which mm-hmm. a lot of people find appealing today because there are so many things wrong with centralized banking, mm-hmm. um, especially for sex workers. Like, yeah, um, it's, it's just like, you can just wake up one day and your bank account could just be shut down just because you're a sex worker. And so with cryptocurrency, it's, there's, there's some like Bitcoin, Bitcoin is decentralized and, um, you can, all you need is a wallet. You know, um, you could have a, there's different types of wallets. There are some Mm -hmm. that are online, like you can Mm -hmm. have it on your desktop or in your phone. And then there are some that are even more um, secure. And so it would be like a USB or, you know, there are even some that are so off the grid, so secure, um, like as so much uh, secure as as it's just like a piece of paper um, that just yeah. has a, a piece of information on it that connects you to your cryptocurrency account. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, to me, it's it's the future. If you were to ask me, like, what is cryptocurrency? Like, cryptocurrency is it's the future. This is mm-hmm. um, so money has always been here. Money yeah. is mm-hmm. like the, the idea of money. Um, We've been using money since, like, I would even think like caveman time. Um, we we use, there's been like people who use seashells. There's been um, you know before coins, before gold coins, before mm-hmm. all of that. There were sticks that were used to uh, count currency. So barter. Yeah. 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 Bartering. Um, so currency is just, it's just, uh, or that's what they call it. Me, um, a medium of exchange is what cryptocurrency is. And so uh-huh. it's just a, one of the most technologically advanced forms of currency today that we have. Uh-huh. Um, I would say, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit more special than just a digital money because mm-hmm. we have digital money, like a credit card. Yeah, that's a digital money. But cryptocurrency is special because it's encrypted. Um, so mm-hmm. there's not really any way to trace who is sending what money and who is receiving it unless you know people's wallet addresses, um, addresses or whatever. And that just depends on the cryptocurrency too. every crypto. There's there's so many different cryptos out there and they're all pretty much different unless you know, unless somebody copy and pasted their coding 
and then just gave it a different name, which a lot of people are doing now, which leads us into possibly talking Where the about conversations going. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we do it. Um, like, can you explain a little bit about what the blockchain, like cryptocurrency is obviously operating on blockchain technology. Um, can you explain what blockchain technology is? It kind of leans into the decentralization you were speaking on. Okay, okay. Uh, so... I like to go even before that when I'm talking about blockchain and I, I like to go back to DLT, which okay. you will hear a lot of people in tech space talk about DLT. And that stands for distributed ledger technology. Okay. And distributed ledger technologies go back back to like Roman times, go back to mm-hmm. um, in the Roman Empire, they had distributed ledgers. Okay. And so this is just all, that's pretty much all blockchain is. That's what a cryptocurrency is pretty much. It's, it's, it's a store of information. Mm-hmm. And blockchain in particular is, is organized like a list. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, we have distributed ledger technology going back all the way back then. One of the first decentralized versions of distributed ledger technology was from an indigenous culture, which I'm always um, quick to tell people about because um, I think that's such a powerful piece of information. Yeah. You know, like this this way of um, decentralizing and uh, making making a society able to have accountability without having centralized authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, like the community being the authority, the community mm-hmm. being the checks and bargains or um, being the checks. Yeah, the checks and balances. Um, so that's an indigenous concept. And f- so for that to be how Bitcoin is, I'm so proud as an indigenous person that that comes from indigenous peoples. Mm-hmm. And um, or at least that's where we can trace it back to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... So blockchain is, it's pretty much just a list of information, a list of, um, yeah, a list of information uh, organized into blocks. This is all encoding, of course. Yeah. So, and um, hashing algorithms and that's how it's all encrypted. Okay. So in terms of like how this plays into sex work, how do you predict, because there's a lot of talk about this right now, about how with all the issues in banking and payment processing about, oh, let's just move everything towards crypto. Let's let's push it towards crypto. Um, How do you predict, I guess, that blockchain and cryptocurrency is going to affect or uh, impact adult? Hmm. Oh, wow. I feel like it's, I feel like everything is going to be impacted by cryptocurrency and blockchain. Um, so I feel like, so like I was saying in the future or in the, in the beginning of this interview, I was saying everything is moving towards, uh, it's the future. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's just a matter of time before we have, cryptocurrencies um, being the main medium of exchange. And um, I feel like to me, it has the potential to create more opportunities for sex workers um, and allow them to have power, more control over their content, over their, um, because, you know, like with NFTs, you have, uh, basically like a built-in contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say, um, um, like Paris Hilton, I've heard her describe NFTs as, <laughs> she. I've heard her describe NFTs as um, uh, like contracts on a blockchain. And I agree to an extent, but there's, there's in my opinion, it's like, the NFT is separate from the contract. So NFTs use smart contracts, but the NFT is something separate. Um, okay. Because it's a digital asset, yeah, or the 
non-fungible. It's a collectible. It's a piece of art. It's a piece of real estate. It's a, a film. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that you can put on the blockchain, and that can be um, subject to whatever contract that you put on it. Mm-hmm. However, you know, like there are limitations to smart contracts. It's not like a human being; they won't be able to, um, you know, like interpret a contract or even execute a contract the way a human being would be would be able to. But for simple things like oh. Every time this NFT is bought or sold, we have a certain amount that is charged to the creator of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, and it will never be less than this amount or something, you know. So those are simple contracts that can be put onto an NFT. And onto blockchain, yeah. I'm curious, so because something that a lot of us are seeing right now in the in the space, especially in adult, is like there's companies coming in that are crypto-based companies for adults specifically, and a lot of them will rug or it's like a pump and dump scheme. These are words we're hearing right now, like buzzwords almost. Yeah. So can you define like what rugging is or what pump and dump means in terms of cryptocurrency? Ooh, okay, yes. This is something that I really strongly would coach on. And this is, I I had a crypto course that would pretty much, the whole point of the course was to teach you how to identify pump and dump schemes, Mm -hmm. rug pulls. And it's not that hard. A rug pull is pretty much when a cryptocurrency is created purely so that people can and and to me it's like the same it's the same thing as a a pump and dump um I like the term pump and dump more than rug pull probably because I learned it first but um but a lot of people use the term rug pull too but um but like yeah so they pump it up they get they just it's like a lot of marketing so people will get a lot of hype around a project and then Everybody jumps on it. Everybody puts their money into it. And then the people who started the project just pull out. Mm -hmm. Is there like any advice that you would give adult performers who are considering getting into crypto or I guess exchanging crypto for their adult work? Yeah, there's a um, there are some point of sale um, cryptos out there that are uh, changing they're, they're mostly meant for like commerce and stuff but I don't think that there would be a problem if it was for a sex worker and um, like one of them is Pundi X that's been one of my um, one of the projects that I see who would probably be the easiest to implement as a point of sale for sex workers um, but other than that, I know like people, people have told me that they would most likely lose a lot of business if they did that right now, just because there's people who just don't want to do it or, um, but, but I mean, if, if people were like serious about just completely going to crypto, I'd look into Pundi X, um, and but other than that, I mean, just tell your peoples, like, pay me a crypto, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that is a good place to end. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Where can people find you or your work? Okay, so I have a website, stephanieinspiresme.com. I still have a um, coaching session available for cryptocurrency for $50 if people have anything that they need help with it's on my website in the coaching tab um so i still offer that um but i do offer other um services for like leveling up your income leveling up your success in your life making success no longer have to be a dirty word for you so um that's at stephanieinspiresme.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at stephanieinspiresme.com, on YouTube, stephanieinspiresme, <laughs> um, and Twitter, I'm Red Stop. <laughs> That's an old Twitter account. 
<laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and thank you for, for listening to me, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was depressing. Yeah. I feel like most of our episodes are carrying that theme. I'm very concerned. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do is like lay the landscape so that people like people, I mean, all of us who've been in sex work for a long time know a lot of this. Yeah. Um, we all know that we have to navigate a much trickier terrain than people who are outside of the sex industry. Yeah. I think it's really good for new people who are coming in to understand like what they're getting into. Um, and I also think it's good for, I think it's good for our fans and for our clients to also know like that what we're giving to them is uh, comes with a lot of, a lot of behind the scenes work. And it's yeah. not, and what we, we don't just mean, booking hotels or doing the shoots or getting lighting. We also mean navigating these yeah. <laughs> systems that we have to learn and adapt to all the time. And, um, sex workers are kind of magic. The fact that we're still here yeah. doing this is kind of magic. But I think that like one of the, like the wrap up from the last two episodes that were on institutional discrimination. I mean, it's easy to come away from that and be like, we don't know what we're going to do you know, there's nothing to do. We're just yeah. like screwed in this system. And there is an extent to which that's true. Like these systems are stacked against us. They're not built for us. They're yeah. built for other people. But the thing, but you know, we're also like resilient. There's a yeah. lot of things that are going on. Yeah. I will say this is sex work, sex work, sex workers as a community are, we're just fucking good at this. Like we've been yeah. betrayed so many times. We've had to pivot yeah. so many times. We've <laughs> adapted or died out yeah. trying. So like mm -hmm. we know what to do when shit hits the fan and right. we're good at that. So yeah. not by choice, but by necessity. Yeah. And what do know. they say? Like the in invent, ugh, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's <laughs> yeah. so, that's so factually true. Yeah. And as a community, we're just great at coming together uh, to support each other, like in terms of mutual aid, in terms of yeah. facing a pandemic, like all of these things have made a difference. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's really important that you say that. Like I, one of the things that like has touched me so personally and that I'll always like feel grateful for is um, many people who know and follow us know that PJ, my husband had cancer twice. And the last time he did, he was very sick for a long period of time for a year. Mm -hmm. And um, we, I couldn't really work while, um, while that was going on because I was taking him every couple days to the hospital for yeah. chemo, but then also he was being like hospitalized for the side effects of chemo. And it was just a lot. And anyone who's gone through chemo or through cancer knows that it's a lot, but like, I think that, um, you know, we don't have institutions behind us. We can't take paid leave. We yeah. don't have like, um, you know, safety nets. Yeah. Like when the pandemic hit, we didn't have safety nets for sex workers. I didn't get there. a pandemic check. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get one either. Um, and so, um, because, because we're excluded from all of this, I think that sex workers know how to come together and raise money. And for us, I know that like our fans and clients and other sex workers, um, raised more than $7,000 for us so that like there were times when he was sick, I wasn't hustling, you know? Yeah, and I think amazing. that, um, both of us felt like more held by the sex work community than um, by anyone else. You yeah. Know? And I think that, uh, and I know that because of my experiences with that, I've also worked really hard too. whenever I see someone who's down and out, like help them yeah. out too. And I feel like um, we, you know, we're a volatile. We are. Know, we are. Like we're up and we're down and we're up and we're down. And, um, you know, when I'm up, I like to help people yeah. down. And I think Agreed. that's part of how, how it goes. How it goes. I, I think like, even if you look through my cash up today, it'll be like 25 bucks to a random sex worker, 50 bucks to a random sex worker. Like if I can help and I yeah. if you show up in my timeline, I'm going to help because I've been there and yeah. we've all been there. Yeah. And that's kind of just how it goes. And I think that's how we improve is we support each other. And that's fundamental. And I think that's kind yeah. of today's takeaway really, because if we can stick together as a community, despite our differences, despite how we feel about yeah. different segments of sex, work or how activism is playing out in segments of sex work and and how yeah. policy is changing in segment, segments of sex work. Yeah. As long as we can stick together and overcome whatever differences we might be feeling about the topic, yeah. we still at the core of it are all being faced with these incredible challenges and we need yeah. to lean on each other to get through those. Right. So. And that sounds utopian, but I think we can create that. <laughs> we, can, we can do it. We can try like, on, on our own like small level. Like I, you know, 
I've like joked that I think that sex workers are the best babysitters. And I think that they are, because I think there's so many ways that we could like help each other. And some of them are through financial things. Some of them are just through being there. You know, I, when PJ was six, three sex worker, three different sex workers who are friends of ours came and stayed at our house for over a month. They cleaned our house. They like did wash the kids. Um, so I could go sit in the hospital, you know? And I think that, um, that sounds far afield from like banking discrimination, but it's not like we, we can fight these systems and we have to, but we can also just be there for each other. And that's how we survive. And that's how we get through it. Yeah. Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us on another episode of on the horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Jesse Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at sapiotextual and at jessiesage.com. And I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me on social at Melrose Michaels and melrosemichaels.com. Remember, if you want bonus footage from today's episode, you can always subscribe to us on Anchor for $9.99 a month to access all the footage we couldn't include on today's show.